the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by tons and tons and tons of off seasons. Here we are. The NFL or the NBA off season is already wild, and Keith Smith is doing God's work on SpotTrack.com. The draft is over. He's already got two pieces: a uh, a spending situation, basically a cause and effect from the draft. And then now with that knowledge in sight, he's posted a final 2023 cap space and what that means for next season in terms of power projections with money. Two great pieces, two really different, creative, unique, strong pieces from Keith as we approached the July 1st NBA offseason league year. Uh, must reads on SpotTrack.com right now. He's also broken down the Jordan Poole, Chris Paul trade, the Bradley Beal trade, and uh, you know what else is coming. Right? The Porzingis, Marcus Smart trade has been broken down. There's been plenty of action, and Keith is literally not sleeping to make sure that we are covered on SpotTrack.com. Um, but there's more. It's a big week for that, big week for options, big week for trades as we ramp up to that uh, you know, offseason where literally nobody has cap space, but everybody operates as if they do because that's what the NBA is. Super confusing and yet super busy and aggressive at the same time. It's kind of undefeated in that regard. Uh, the NFL is on their break. I'm going to speak to the NFL a little bit here in just a few moments. Five teams, one through five, two of them at the top that I have positives to talk about, one in the middle where I'm sort of neutral, and two at the bottom where I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to crush anybody because it's NFL vacation time, so I'm, I'm treading lightly. But just a couple of teams I have question marks about. That's all. I'm going to be nice about it, right? Some contracts, maybe some off seasons, some things they did in free agency or didn't do in the draft, things like that. But five teams, kind of kind of quick and dirty, get in and get out with that. A um, couple more things on spytrade.com. I've updated the NHL cap space as their off season approaches. There's been a couple of trades, a couple of extensions in that regard. Um, and Major League Baseball's midpoint is just about here. So we're obviously doing the daily work on that, but it's time to start talking trade candidates, buyers and sellers again and our mid-season awards for off-season contracts and things like that. We're going to have to go back and look at this free agency from last year. Certainly Aaron Judge's 360 is looking like a bit of a dud out of the gate because his toe injury is not going away. And uh, one more thing, man. This is like year four in a row. Is there a veteran player that, that is getting more attention than any of these young kids that are coming up? I mean, just the Reds alone right, for the last six weeks or so, have been dominating the news waves from baseball's perspective. But this is a young man's team, sport, okay? And, and the young guys are selling this sport right now pretty easily. Corbin Carroll's, Ellie De La Cruz, et cetera. So it, it's really tough to be old in this game right now, I think, even from a, just a news standpoint. Um, we'll see. The New York teams are struggling. The Dodgers are starting to come around. The Angels are kind of sexy right now, which is super fun. Houston's doing their thing. And uh, it's been a bad year to pay to play. Let's put it that way. It's been a bad year to pay to play. So that's coming down the pipeline. But again, it's an NFL show. Five teams, two which two of which I'm going to rave about a little bit. One of which I'm going to tell you why I'm kind of neutral on. And two of which I'm, th- I'm hoping there's more left or maybe one that I have no idea what's happening. And maybe you can help me out. That's next. All right. It's bold prediction and... Team assessment time in the NFL as they uh, venture out to vacation, and we're stuck here with the numbers and the words in front of us. Um, it's a good time to kind of debrief. I've gone to the Cardinals a little bit. I'm going to leave them alone because uh, 
they are who they are this year. And I, I think the self-awareness deserves at least a, uh, you know, a little bit of validation from us on the outside looking in. New regime, they're treading water a little bit with Kyler Murray's situation, bolstering up uh, their offensive line and their draft assets. And, you know, there are worse ways to spend a down year, which is what they're anticipating. So I'm going to give them a pass because I don't want to regurgitate information, but also because I think it's I think they're in the positives, not the negatives so much right now. Other teams that I'm sort of confused with after doing tons of manual input on these rosters over the last couple of months. The Rams have to be at the top of that list. And I know there's, there's some very smart people that cover this team that are trying to sell the sauce, right? And I get it because Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and, you know, a few other players can be put on front of a media guide and it can still sell. But I just don't know that there's any semblance of a defense. Remember, and I'm going to get to it soon. They moved on from Jalen Ramsey. They moved on from Leonard Floyd. They let Bobby Wagner walk and they traded away a negative asset in Allen Robinson. There's a lot of talent off this roster. Now, they went through a half a decade without really a notable draft pick. Let's be fair. They, they were punting on the usage of the draft in order to get NFL-ready players on their roster immediately in order to get themselves into Super Bowl contention, and it worked. So nothing I'm saying here is coming without the knowledge of mission accomplished. It's on to the next mission, though, which is trying to rip it down with $200 million worth of superstars still on your roster. That's that's really difficult. That's a really difficult thing to do. Are they going to be bad? Vegas has them about 23rd right now in terms of Super Bowl odds, sort of with the Bears and the Patriots and the Raiders and the Panthers, sort of in that conversation. So I guess that's the tier of, I mean, that's absolutely a long shot, right? It's 60 to one. That's the tier of, all right, they got a guy, but they don't have enough guys, but maybe in some of those guys we don't know about yet could become guys. And then maybe they'll have a semblance of a roster and win enough games to sneak a wild card spot. It's unlikely. We talked about this with Dan last week. Their, their odds are outstanding for, you know, over under wins and division and everything like that. So if you if you're believing it, right? If you're if you're believing the hype that's coming off off the West Coast there, that this team is going to be better than anticipated because of Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and, and yada yada. I'm in. I, I can get there from a monetary standpoint. But I'm still confused. I'm still they had a chance to get out of Matthew Stafford's contract. A, a real chance, like a real opportunity. It would have been ugly. This team has not been afraid to take dead cap hits at all. Zero percent. So the fact that they didn't do it, the fact that they didn't move on from Stafford in February, take on a hit this year, which would have been perfectly acceptable with the other moves they were making, and continue either way with Stetson Bennett, whatever the hell it was, is telling. Now, was that just ownership saying, we're not going there yet? Okay, we paid an arm and a leg for this guy. He won us a Super Bowl. We're going to see out his guarantees because that's just how we're operating right now. And maybe we can hit lightning in a bottle one of the next two seasons. Because by the way, that's what it is. All these players I just mentioned, fully guaranteed for the next two seasons. So this is not a one and done. This is a two and done. 
I guess that's, you know, an honorable way to look at this is they're just simply saying we have too much money invested. We have, we're too pot committed. Why don't we at least try what every other team in the league has tried, which is put four or five guys together, high paid guys together and see what two state straight drafts can get us. Maybe it gets us a team that can get us right back in this conversation. It's difficult, right? The, the better way is to go either all the way down and draft your, your way for four years or to do what they did, which is pay a bunch of roster for, you know, a, a bunch of consecutive rosters that don't get you where you want to go, but continue to pay and continue to pay and add veterans and add via trade and add via everything. Waiver claims the works. And eventually you'll get yourself to a situation where the opportunity to add that one Matthew Stafford type piece presents itself. And we're seeing that opportunity now, I don't know, once a year. It's just sort of the way it works. I, I guess there's a world where Derek Carr is that player this year. You know, the Saints are sort of, sort of in that conversation. So it's admirable what they're doing. It's a little confusing. There was an out with Stafford. Uh, you know, we haven't heard an absolute word about Aaron Donald retiring which we did this time last year. So A, the money's good enough for him to stick around, or B, he's pretty happy with what he sees and, and, his, and what he's being told at these workouts. Because otherwise, I feel like that would at least come up this time of year. It's not. So the vibe coming from the team and from the people very close to the team is drastically different than what A, the transactions have told us, and B, what Vegas and pretty much every expert out there is telling us about this team, which is bottom of the barrel. I think everything I'm saying here is alluding to bet the over. Just bet the over. Don't bet the division. Don't bet the super. Just bet the over on this team. They're probably going to surprise us more times than not. And if they smell it, they're going to go after it a little bit. You know, they're going to be the deadline get buyers and things like that. So bet the over. That's the way I'm taking away the Rams right now who are at near the bottom of the barrel for pretty much every off-season ranking we can find right now. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball team into this conversation. I'm going to steer from sort of negative to really have no clue in the middle and then two teams that I'm super high on because of off-season moves. Again, that's the theme of this. I'm going to throw the Giants here as the fourth team out of five. Um, did they have to do what they've done? Did they have to put themselves in this position? Or could they have just said, the roster's great. We're going to improve the hell out of that with tons of draft capital, with free agent dollars, maybe with a sneaky trade. You know, the, the Darren Waller trade, I think could be considered a sneaky good one, as long as he's healthy and happy. And those are two very difficult things right now. <laughs> I'm just not sure it was the right time to splash like they've splashed. They have an offensive line to pay. They added Paris Campbell as sort of the weapon to go with almost every wide receiver that they've had over the last couple of seasons back in the fold. Many who they had to resign. So they had decisions. This wasn't like they're under contract. No need to move on. You know, we'll just kind of replace and go on. These They had to resign these players. In other words, they are running this thing back basically from A to Z. And in fact, one of their big losses was an offensive lineman. So 
I'm a little concerned that there's complacency with this Giants roster. And I'm not going to say Daniel Jones is that thing or, or Saquon Barkley is in this conversation. We've had conversations about the players and the contracts till we've been blue in the face. But I'm a little concerned about complacency. And I've seen it quite a bit locally. And I'm, I'm Buffalo-based. This is a Buffalo-based organization now. Let's be frank. You know, scouts, coaches aligned down this road, GM, were, came from the Buffalo organization. And there was a world where before this iteration, and to some degree last season as well in Buffalo, they felt they fell a little bit too in love with the work they've done and forgot about the fact that this is a really talented league and everybody can be upgraded. <laughs> everybody. And sometimes it's good business to do it. And sometimes it's good football to do it. Two separate identities. And you got to be wearing both those hats all off season long. Some of the best trades, some of the most impactful trades happen in August. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. I've been putting a trade in at the end of training camp around final cuts with a notable name. And I can't tell you how many times I heard that name throughout the regular season because it just hit. It was just the perfect match. It's not an accident why those things happen, right? Teams get an entire offseason in summer to evaluate a player. So do the other teams, especially if there's joint workouts and things like that. Hey, that guy looks like he'd really fit here for us. And you watch a couple of preseason games and you certainly go through the works in terms of research and R&D. And it's not a, you know, flippant decision like I think free agency can be, especially if you miss out on one guy March 13th and you got to quickly pivot by March 14th or literally everybody's going to be gone, you know? And that's free agency in a nutshell. And to some degree, that's the draft, right? You got a big board of 25 players and eight of them are gone within the first hour. And then you got to turn around and, you know, kind of switch, switch lanes a little bit. The late stuff. And that's kind of why I love that Hopkins and Delvin Cook are sitting out here and saying, we're, we're going to slow play this thing. They're evaluating teams and teams are evaluating them. And maybe they come in for workouts and do some small things. That'll probably continue. But even Hopkins recently has been to Tennessee has been in New England, both teams who I think would overpay for him right now and maybe have made that offer. But I think he's looking around those rooms and saying, I don't know, <laughs> right? I don't know. Two years here, I don't know. He's waiting for something. His agent's waiting for something, okay? And that something could be an injury. That something could be we get to camp or we evaluate the hell out of these rosters over this vacation time, which is what coaches and staff are doing for sure. And hey, you know what? We got a glaring hole that we never were able to address. And instead of trying to fix this thing in the middle of the season or promote somebody up from, the, from a practice squad spot that we are anticipating, let's just toss some money at that guy and see if we can hit lightning with him. That's what DeAndre Hopkins is waiting for. He's waiting for the Chiefs to do that. He's waiting for the Bills to do that. He's waiting for the Browns to do that. So I'm hoping that the Giants get off this list via that pathway because I do think they've been a little bit complacent and look, it's easy to do that. You were bad for so long. Something finally goes right. This coaching staff comes in and there's some pride involved with that, which Jesus, we turned Isaiah Hodgins into, you know, a top 25 fantasy option because we figured him out. We unlocked him. Well, I don't know. Was there a better option out there? Could you have made him a number three? Probably. Yeah, probably. Right. There's some of that in Buffalo. Gabe, you know, Gabe Davis. I think a lot of people believe he's a three, maybe a four. 
he's going to be a two right now. Unless one of these rookies come out of nowhere in, in training camp and really, you know, bolster themselves up the depth chart. But again, that shouldn't be what a team like Buffalo, who's fourth in Super Bowl odds, that's not how they should be operating. They shouldn't be operating on home runs. Even if you're talking about value and the business side of it has to come in at some point. If there's a guy that is a clear cut upgrade and he's not going to ruin your culture, that has to be said. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Browns, they're in the window. The Ravens, they're in the window to take the risk on versus bringing in extra value. So let's hope the Giants maybe aren't done. Long story short on the New York Giants. With that said, it's tough to root against them. (laughs) It really is. Uh, I believe in the scouting system. I think Daniel Jones is a guy. I, I think he could be Kirk Cousins, which, you know, by the way, is what, year 12 here for him? I think he could be that guy, a guy that we hate, we love to hate, hate to love for a decade in this league, which is good enough. That's good enough quarterback play if you do the rest of the roster correctly. And nothing about that contract is super scary. You know, you can call it 41 million over two years, you know, 82 over two, 41 per year. That's the going rate for tier three, as we talked about in the last show. 45 is tier two, 41 is tier three. <laughs> so uh, they didn't really go overboard anywhere which is a good thing contractually, but is it a bad thing from a roster standpoint? Can they go overboard maybe one or two areas this summer to take them from handedly behind the Eagles to should have leapfrogged Dallas now and should be easily in in spot for a wild card? Because I think that's where they have to get through. Okay, my third team. Again, this is sort of a flatline situation. I'm not super down, I'm not super up on this team specifically. I'm going to the NFC for this one again. It's the Detroit Lions. I had high hopes. um, And my high hopes were built on coaching because I I think the, the style of coaching and the way that that organization has been kind of missing this style of coach, loud and abrasive and (laughs) just sort of matches the franchise. And I, I know that's cliche to say, but, so many times we have seen that come to fruition. You know, we joke about heat culture and whatever, all that stuff. At least there's something that everybody can rely on. That's what it is. It's an You're building an atmosphere. And that atmosphere comes with reliability and accountability. Well, there's no question that Dan Campbell has done that. All of those things. All right. The problem I have outside of this gambling suspension, which is certainly a viable curveball here. They didn't plan on it. I I wouldn't assume they knew about it in March, but it's here and it's going to, it's going to torpedo this roster for a few weeks. There's no question about it. They've already had to move on from a couple of players who should have been depth options for them. Hopefully they've replaced them. You know, it's tough to see, to know that without sort of seeing this thing on the field and then looking at the depth chart and understanding their, their needs and their holes still. All I'm looking at right now is a team that went out and said, we're going to be boring because we love our our roster and we're going to, we're going to upgrade every non-priority position and we're going to do it not just once, but maybe a couple times this off season. And that's a problem for me. (laughs) Okay. Because their whole mindset after damn near getting themselves into, into the playoffs last year and you know, reinvigorating the city and bringing themselves literally back on the NFL map. I mean, you had 
plenty of outside fans rooting for this organization specifically because of the atmosphere and the coach and some of the stars that were starting to bl- blossom a little bit. I just don't agree with where we got to. That's all. I just don't agree. Would I have preferred them to spend $300 million in free agency? No, no. So I, I, I'm okay with their lack of oomph in terms of financials. That's fine. And by the way, it's not like they did nothing. They're top 10 you know, in free agent dollars here. They're $109 million. They're still thinking about the draft. And they're utilizing the draft for positions that should have been utilized in free agency. In my opinion, it is decent mindset, but wrong channels, right? Inside linebackers, running backs, et cetera, et cetera. Those are positions that you add depth for via free agency because they're dirt cheap and there's nothing they can do about it, right? There's nobody, nobody's going to upgrade a depth position at those positions, a depth player at those positions and try to get in a bidding war with you for it. It's just not going to happen with those positions. All right. And there's more like that. There's more. To me, they focused, they prioritized this offseason on positions that could have been handled two weeks in. That's all I'm saying. There's positions you draft. There's positions you sign. There's positions you claim off waivers, quite frankly, right now. There's positions you wait on for first, second, or third roster cuts and poach a perfectly viable veteran at that point in time. A lot of teams are doing that right now. Giants could definitely be one of them, by the way. I just think Detroit panicked and tried to add too much at one time instead of staggering, like most of the really good franchises have been doing over the past couple of off-seasons. Throw your money where it has to go because those things just expire immediately. Let the other ones kind of fall in place and you'll most definitely have something work out for you at the end of the day. For instance, the running game was the biggest surprise of last year. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Smith, Justin Jackson, Craig Reynolds, right? Bunch of guys. Now, Swift was a guy, but just couldn't become the guy. Everything sort of worked last year, right? Everything. And they got blown up. You know, they kind of got Oakland athletic out of most of their named players this offseason. And they saw it coming. They knew it was going to happen. And they panicked with an early, way too big contract for David Montgomery. And then backed that up with a probably way too high draft pick for Jamar Gibbs. And then went inside linebacker and off-ball linebacker and safety and position after position that just could have been addressed elsewhere, in my opinion. Could it work? Hell yeah. All right? Hell yeah. This this team is top 10 right now for the Super Bowl, according to Vegas. All right? So there's enough there. There's enough being in the boat. And by the way, they did add some prominent free agents, injury history stuff. And again, they're going to have to battle with this gambling suspension. But if Jared Goff can be him, which is kind of boringly above average, they're going to be okay. So that's why I'm kind of neutral. I'm concerned that the front office hasn't yet grown into this process, which is you're good. Now what do you do? It's tough to be bad for a long time and then be good and, and become good and stay good 
That's the problem, right? You have to then maneuver differently. It's not just starting over at, for, at most of the primary positions and trying to upgrade those positions until you find the right ones. They kind of have those, sort of, half of them. They didn't prioritize the rest of them. So that's my beef with it. But again, too much on that. I'm fairly neutral in Detroit. They're not getting my money right now. Let's put it that way, even though they're near the top of this division in terms of gambling. Okay, a couple of positives and we'll get out of here. I don't think enough's being said about Miami. I really don't. Uh, the Tua stuff kind of drove the conversation, rightfully so, you know, over the last really eight to 10 months here. And that hasn't gone away. That hasn't changed. You know, I mean, unfortunately, the head injuries just kind of stay with you and they pile up and they get worse and worse and worse the more you have, obviously. So the second that becomes a thing again, unfortunately, it's going to be the only story. However, and I, I kind of buried the lead at the top here, they did acquire Jalen Ramsey and they have been acquiring players left and right, up and down, back and forth, kind of for the last 18 months. You know, Tyreek was the big, big splash, obviously, but, you know, the Chubb get at the deadline from Denver, it didn't really make a mark in 2022. But that's not, that's too much to ask. You know, there was a lot of things going backwards, Tua being one of them at that point in time. And they damn near pulled off, you know, a halfway decent second half regardless. So my point is they have been operating as if they're a good team, even when their quarterback's out, even when they're at the bottom of the division, even when they're looking at Buffalo and the Jets and Cincy and Kansas City and Baltimore all improving kind of left and right all around them. They've been operating transactionally as if we're good. Okay. And if they don't, if they want to forget about us for a while, that's probably even better because we're going to come out guns blazing. They're deep at running back. They're deep as hell at wide receiver to the point of where they could trade a wide receiver tomorrow and it wouldn't even be a blip on their radar. They kind of fixed their tight end situation. Maybe not enough. Um, that might be a bit of a, of a hole, but there's a, there's a lot going on here. We know they have the offensive line. If they're trying to improve that, they could probably be deeper inside interior offensive line. And the secondary is now outstanding. And that's without Byron Jones, who they had to move on from based on his injuries. So I just think that they have been building to a point for a long time. And they're kind of looking around. You know what this feels like? And it's funny that the Ramsey stuff is has this connection. But it kind of feels like that Rams team that just needed Matthew Stafford. You know, and it wasn't just Matthew Stafford, right? It was a coaching system that finally bore out and then they put the right quarterback in it, you know, got golf or Stafford just worked and they knew it. They read it on, on X's and O's. I think they just need two to play 17 games. And if he does, the X's and O's are going to be there. The depth is going to be there. I'm pretty sure the weapons are as good as any in the system or any in the league. I think this is going to be a top, top tier team if Tua can stay on the field. And oh, by the way, he's not a 17-week quarterback. He's not a starting franchise quarterback. But getting Mike White to back him up and putting a, you know, a bunch of guarantees in terms of backup money underneath him, that's not the dumbest thing either. You know why? They're scouting the Jets team and saying, man, that guy is going to be a guy. You know what that guy could be? That guy could be Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike White. He's just around. And whenever somebody needs his services for a week and a half, 
He's completely viable, maybe even great for a minute, right? Which he was to start his career. So even that move impressed me this offseason. And I've said quite a bit, if you aren't two, three quarterbacks deep and you're a contender, you're wrong. It's the, the days of Patrick Mahomes is hurt, so our season's over. That has to be over. You, you have to basically assume at this point that somebody's going to miss two weeks, hopefully not 10, right, or 12. So spending capital and assets and time and effort on the QB2 and for some franchises, the QB3, it's not just surplus anymore. It's just good business. There's been a lot to like about this franchise. And I realize that sitting here in Orchard Park, New York, I'm probably not supposed to be talking this nicely about the Dolphins. But from a roster construction uh, you know, advocate, this has been brewing for quite a long time. And they're not top at anything, financially speaking. They've staggered things quite a bit. Obviously, the Ramsey contract they brought in was tenable, and then they restructured and need something even more tenable for both sides. The Chubb contract might bite him if he doesn't stay healthy or, or productive, but that's sort of their splash. And they're probably going to back that up with a Christian Wilkins contract to sort of complement the Chubb situation. So there's not a whole lot left to do on this roster. They just have to keep Tua upright. Maybe easier said than done. I'm probably looking for them to, to bolster the interior offensive line over the next six weeks, if possible. And uh, they know it. They don't need me to say it because every move they've made has been calculated, planned, budgeted, staggered. And that's a team that's super ready. With that said, I get to my number one team. Uh, we've said this before on this podcast. I know Dan, cousin Dan agrees with me on this and probably has put a couple of mortgage payments down to confirm it. Uh, I think it might be Cleveland's time. And boy, oh boy, does the NFL want nothing less, right? <laughs> um, if you polled NFL fans, I don't know, right before week one, are you, are you hoping for Deshaun Watson to, be, to return to elite status? I think the majority would say no, right? There's not a lot of people rooting for this guy anymore. Does he seem like the kind of person where that would bother uh, no. Is the city of Cleveland uh, an organization and a, and a fan base that would let that bother them? Only in a way that energizes them to the nth degree. All right. They, uh, I mean, go read anything. Go find any comment, an article, or post about Deshaun Watson or anything in that Cleveland system. And I promise you there's 180 comments from Browns fans saying, we don't give a rats, you know what. Um, so while the Watson stuff was unbelievably messy from what he did to the legals, to the Houston Texans part of it, to the trade, to the contract, to where we are now, all bad, <laughs> all bad. He's still a pretty elite quarterback and they haven't gotten worse. And if you just look at last year, like a red shirt year for everything, right? Everything, including the coaching staff trying to figure him out. Any move they've made now, and they haven't done a lot, by the way, which, again, is a sign that they kind of like what's going on and they just want to get themselves into a situation where it blossoms. Why couldn't it be this year? I know Baltimore has been loud. I know Pittsburgh has a lot going right for them. I know Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and I am not the, I am, by the way, 
the fact that I've left Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas City off this list and Philadelphia, I'm just not playing the favorites here. Okay. Obviously, all those teams and, and a couple of more are highly favored from a construction standpoint, from a contractual standpoint. I'm just kind of giving you the, uh, the next tier. That's all I'm doing here. And, and rightfully so, because these are the ones that, right? Maybe you're gambling on. These are the ones maybe you're watching that aren't in prime time. You need a one o'clocker to watch, throw the Dolphins on. They might be explosive as hell. You need a one o'clocker to watch when the Dolphins are in prime time. I think the Browns might be must-see TV. And like I said, why wouldn't DeAndre Hopkins pick that team if they're offering? Why wouldn't he? Okay, there's a Donovan Peoples-Jones situation. There's a David Njoku situation. There's an Amari Cooper situation. There's a Nick Chubb situation. There's a bunch of youngsters ready to step into new roles there as well. And an extremely veteran, high-paid offensive line. (laughs) And A, a quarterback that he's played with. And B, a quarterback who has so many reasons to work his ass off and play well this year. I'd be shocked if it didn't happen. I'd be shocked. Do I believe in the coaching staff? I do not. So uh, that is an absolute negative for me. But there's a lot of reasons to like that team, offensively speaking. The defense completely let them down. Will it happen two years in a row? I'm betting on no. And they did shelve some players off the secondary and, and so forth. So they have gutted a little bit to fix some issues. They did not do a lot of good on the, on the offensive side. And I think they might not be done adding and if there's one more move to be made, it's going to get loud in Cleveland from a gambling perspective, from a win perspective. And then if they do start to win from a fan perspective, right? Uh, certainly a team I'm watching very, very closely with my pocketbook and with my spot track goggles. But Miami and Cleveland, for sure, are built to win. It's simply a matter of execution and lack of injury and coaching. Uh, certainly in Cleveland's case. There's some question marks there, but that's my five. Cleveland, Miami, Detroit, the Giants, and the Rams. I will do this one more time with some player predictions, okay? Uh, This time last year, I was predicting that Christian McCaffrey would be traded to the Bills. The Bills tried. They did not want to give up what San Francisco ended up having to give up in the middle of the season. I'll see if I can uh, hit lightning in a bottle one more time. I've got some names. There's certainly some contracts to be signed, right? The Nick Bosa contract is coming. Quinn and Williams is probably coming here. Will Justin Jefferson be coming? We talked about that in the last last episode. And uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott. I'm going to have an all-star roster of contract extensions over the next six weeks, not to mention the franchise tag players who may or may not get a couple of guaranteed contract years as well. Okay, back to baseball soon. We're almost at that midway point, so it's a good time to break down baseball with Cousin Dan. We are approaching the baseball and hockey drafts. It's hockey offseason as well. I've got the cap space updated for all 32 teams there. If that's uh, something you're interested in, of course, Keith Smith continues to do his work on the offseason, which July 1st, just around the corner. Option decisions, projected cap space, trade situations, and the whole works. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. <laughs>